welcome to another episode of Behind the Brain Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. And today's guest is Elise McCulloch. Um, and she's one of my neighbours. And she's someone that lives with Crohn's disease. Um, I don't know about you, it's just one of those things that I didn't know much about. So I thought, why not get her on and talk about the experiences that she's had with it. So without further ado, enjoy. Hello, ladies and gents. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Brain podcast. And today I'm joined by Elise McCulloch, who is one of my neighbours, who is someone that lives with Crohn's disease. So I thought I'd get her onto the show because there's a lot of things I don't understand about it. And I think it's great to actually speak to someone that actually lives with it. So welcome to the show, Elise. Thank you very much for having me. I feel honoured. No worries. I feel like a celeb. No worries. Nutborn celeb. <laughs> Nutborn celeb. <laughs> Nutborn massive. Hey, send it to your mum. Hey, mum, I made it. Look at me. Yeah, sure, Two sure listens. Yeah, sure. um, <laughs> so with Crohn's, can you explain to us what that is? Um, so, yeah, I'm not like a medical professional, so I'm probably going to get some stuff wrong. But um, Crohn's is basically like an inflammatory disease that affects your digestive system. And that can be anywhere from like your colon to your rectum, TMI okay. for some people maybe, but that is Lush. what it is. Yeah, it's lovely. And what um, what effects does that have on you, say, that how often does that occur? Is it an issue daily, weekly, monthly? Um, it, I think it's completely different for so many people. Um, everybody experiences different symptoms, amount of flare-ups, amount of operations. I've been quite lucky in the fact that I've not had any surgery, touch wood. Mm -hmm. um, but I do know people that have Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, which is a completely separate thing, but it's managed under like a same organisation, under like a website and stuff. Um, but Crohn's for me kind of first started when I was a kid, but it was so infrequent that nobody knew that it was something to be worried about. Like mm. if you have a do like a dodgy tummy after, for example, a night out, you're just going to link it to the night out. Or if you've got a dodgy tummy because you're abroad somewhere, you're going to link it probably to, oh, I've eaten something bad and it's just mm. like affected my stomach that way. So it was happening that infrequent for me. Um, as a kid and I remember like being on this on the toilet like bowled over in absolute agony to my mum and dad right. and they'd be like oh she's just trying to get out of school there yeah, but yeah I was yeah. in absolute agony um what age was this um uh, I don't know exactly I mean I'd probably have to ask my mum and dad I'd probably say like 11 11 or 12 mm. I was at like secondary school um and even like when I talk to my family about it now they're like no I remember like I remember you like I remember not believing you. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. literally that. Um, I remember not believing you. I remember you moaning, uh, but you went to school anyway. Absolute joyous now, parents. Now look at them. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, and what was that like during secondary school? Because obviously that's quite important years for any kid. What? Yeah. How did that sort of make you feel? Yeah, how did that make you feel? Yeah, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't ideal. I mean, secondary school for me, I never got a diagnosis. So it was, it was symptoms I was experiencing. But like I say, it was so infrequent, that it wasn't like, we knew something was wrong. It wasn't until I kind of hit my 20s, and I went to uni, and I was probably out 
partying more, mm. eating worse of foods, environmental factors probably contributed to my symptoms, I would say. And um, yeah, that's when I kind of carried on pushing for tests and stuff to be done because it went from like happening maybe like once a year to then happening like once every six months to then once every three months to then once every month and it was happening more and more frequently so I was like well this can't be because yesterday I had normal food but the day before I had a salad or and then I was like oh okay is it unwashed salad that's triggered that yeah um so it was trying to figure out what it was because we just thought it was food we never thought I mean for starters I didn't have a clue what Crohn's was even mm-hmm. when they were telling me I had it me and my mum were like well what does that mean like, yeah. what, what does what is it um so yeah we just didn't really understand what it was um and it wasn't until I was I think I was 24 when I got diagnosed from it really um, yeah 24 and I probably had it I think I mean it's not been scientifically proven to say that I've had it since I was 10 or 11 mm. but I remember that something wasn't right when I was 10 or 11, but it was just infrequent. I just remember being in so much pain. Mm. I was like, this isn't normal. Um, so yeah, I probably think I've lived with it for that long. And kids do get the diagnosis of Crohn's that early on without yeah. even knowing. Um, so I do wonder if it was because it was undiagnosed for such a long period of time, did it worsen because of that? Mm. Like, I guess you never really know. Did Did that affect anything with food because obviously you're you're i suppose associating that potentially food is a certain trigger right yeah so i think i specifically again like before diagnosis and knew something was wrong i would just obviously link it to the day before or the 24 hours previous food like if i Mm. had a flare so i would be like oh okay well i went and had a salad well was the salad unwashed at a restaurant like you it was hard to pinpoint what it was, but it, as it became more frequent, like the flare ups, Mm. I realized there was more and more and more foods that were kind of involved. So I was like, well, hang on, it can't be a salad and a sandwich and a Coca-Cola or a coffee. It can't, it can't be all of these things that are triggering something. Um, And again, there's been no proof to say that like a food is going to be a trigger for you. However, you are advised by like, the doctor and hospital to kind of keep a food diary to see if you can rule out something because it could be like an intolerance to something that's triggered yeah. a flare. Um, and have you have you done that and found that it was say a certain food? No, there's been no foods. I really? mean, if I I'm I'm pretty like adventurous with my food. I mean, I'm a massive foodie anyway. Um, but yeah, in terms of like food groups, there's nothing really that I don't eat, and I think. I remember when I kept a food diary and I went into hospital and she was like, oh, so let's have a little look at your food diary. Like, what have you Mm. written down the last week? She was like, Elise, you eat so many like vegetables and fruits. Like, does that not really upset your stomach? And I think she was quite shocked. Yeah. Because a lot of people with Crohn's say, oh God, no, I can't. I couldn't just eat banana. I'd have to like put it in a smoothie and have it really minced down for the digestion of it because it could really flare something but again that's going to be completely different to everyone um so yeah so when when you got diagnosed at the age of 24 yeah what's what's the procedure after that what go what happens so to be diagnosed do you mean yeah so imagine you've gone you've gone <laughs> to the hospital or the doctor at the age of 24 yeah. and they've said like this is what you've got 
what's yeah. what's the next steps after that as i mean the steps before that are quite invigorous because you have okay. to like let's talk about them then first yeah so for diagnosis just because i think it's quite handy in case someone else is listening and is experiencing maybe similar symptoms so a, a stool part i mean you might have done a you yeah. pooed in a pot before yeah it's it's really glamorous it's lovely especially when you have to like drop it off at the doctors in a little envelope and post it through the letterbox lovely to a time of life yeah um so yes you do stool pots you do blood tests you do like urine samples and then they'll figure out if there's some sort of like inflammation in your stomach and then um the flares got worse i ended up hospitalized because um yeah because the pain was so bad and we rung 111 and again this was before like a diagnosis um and then that's when they did so they did an mri which you go into this massive like machine um and before you do that you have to you're not allowed to eat like six hours before so i'm absolutely starving mm. and they make you drink this jug of liquid that basically gives you diarrhea um it's really glam gives okay. you diarrhea and it completely it basically creates like a color in your stomach so that when you go into the mri scan it highlights those areas really? to see if there's an issue yeah i don't know obviously what happens but you do an MRI to have a look at your stomach. Um, and then there's two other tests, which are really, really common. So you have an endoscopy and a colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. And that's basically a camera down your throat into your stomach, which is absolutely vile. And a camera up your bum into your stomach, which is really lovely. I like that bit. That was my fave. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no, and they kind of like put you under some sort of sedation because anything going down your throat that's going to make you choke you're more than likely yeah. going to kind of grab it and pull it back out um and it was from those two exams and i guess the mri combined that they found in i think it's called your iolium which is yeah. the smallest part of the small intestine and that was for me where the inflammation was and they saw tears in my colon so it was like ripped um wow. and i had like inflammation obviously in that area um so it was from then they were like, okay, your diagnosis is Crohn's. That's what you've got. We need to kind of work forward on a, on a treatment. Um, and then I was put on medication. So I was put on a sachet, which I take every day. And I think that's like to reduce the sickness. Cause for me, symptom wise, a lot of people struggle to keep anything in the other end, but yeah. mine is vomiting. Okay. Um, so mine comes up the other way, which isn't great when you're trying to take pain relief either, because you don't want to go into hospital if you don't have to like if you mm. can kind of you wanna, grin and bear yeah. the pain at home i would do so um but you can't keep any tablets down like cocodamol and paracetamol or buscopan or whatever um so yeah from there i took macaptopurine which is um a chemotherapy medication so it's really strong and it comes with loads of side effects um and i think macaptopurine in general is like used for a lot of different conditions it's used for people with arthritis to help with mm. like joints and stuff um and then they found out that that kind of wasn't really working because i then since had another flare so they said i need to go on something stronger to really kind of nip it in the bud so a flare-up is obviously when you've you're triggered and something's yeah. you know cause some irritation and you're then in hospital and in pain and some discomfort and remission is a really good place to be it's it's calmed down you're managing it the medication whether that be medicine environmental factors uh, exercise whatever um 
And yeah, they wanted to put me on an infusion called infliximab, which again, is kind of like upper level in terms of strength from a captopurine. So again, it comes with loads more side effects. So you've already got an immune suppressant disease. So uh, hair loss, rashes, um, weight gain, like severe fatigue, and all of those things come with Crohn's anyway. They're all symptoms of Crohn's, but um, yeah, they come with loads more side effects. And to be honest, I was so anxious about reading what it was because I was like I know this sounds really ridiculous but there's no point reading it because I have to take it and it's just going to make me more anxious so I'm just going to get on with it that's kind of yeah you sort of I'm not saying placebo it but you sort of yeah yeah no you do heighten that situation because you're thinking about it and it's like the mind is so powerful when it comes to medication right it's like you attract those issues to a degree potentially that is obviously because you're thinking about oh my god this is happening i'm taking this stuff but yeah so you can obviously attract that with your brain yeah definitely and it gives you i think a load more anxiety i mean without going off on too much of a tangent but um yeah they wanted to get me in on infliximab and infliximab is induced by um a cannula so you have like a cannula put in there yeah and you have to go in every i think it was like every six weeks for six months or something but also whilst you're on all of these medicines you have to have like regular bloods every two weeks at the doctor so it's like a full-on yeah full-on it's not just a case of oh yeah crack on and take my captopurine it's like well you're on my captopurine so we now need to monitor your liver levels your liver function your bloods your you know Mm. because it is it gives you a higher chance of cancers and you're on a, an immune suppressant drug yeah. and you've got an immune suppressant disease. So it just heightens your risk for things. So a pandemic occurs, a, it's yeah, a, a nightmare. Yeah, I know. Hey, what are you? <laughs> I know. With, um, unfortunately, with most medicines, there's always a cost, isn't there? It's never mm. just a positive, positive thing. It's There's always going to be a trade-off there. Yeah. So definitely. is that... Wait, so now you're on these these drugs, right? And yeah. is that for the rest of your life, or is it, or is it still all about trying to manage it? And um, what, like, explain that to me. Are you yeah, on that so for the rest of your life, or do you have to? I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know if I said at the start, Crohn's is a lifelong. Condition. Yeah, I know that is. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've got no cure for it. Um, mm. It is purely just about managing day to day, and mm. for you to live the most comfortable, happy life that you can. Um, infliximab isn't something I'd again this will vary person to person but infliximab isn't something they were like oh we want you on it for the next four years um you come in for six six months or whatever and you have it every six weeks so you have like four or five treatments or whatever and then we'll see where you're at and then that pushed me into a remission state which was great so then the two other drugs that they put me on prior to infliximab that weren't working are now working because infliximab has got um like a healing mucose in it and it heals the tears within your colon so which was what mine did we've never found out if the tears have completely gone because symptomatically they were like well you're better so we don't need to get you in for a test to see if the tears have been healed because you're telling me you're feeling better and your inflammation levels have gone right down from a stool sample you know all of these things were indicating that it had done what it should have done um and yeah, so mercaptopurine and pentasa was something that I was recommended to stay on for the foreseeable future. Um, and then I think it was about two years ago, um, not too long after I'd met Sean, that I just, um, I'd been well for a long time. 
And I was kind of in the mindset, I'm very, an- I'm not very anti-drugs. Like I feel like if you need drugs, you need drugs. Like, mm. you know, but if there's but other felt- areas you can improve on, let's get yeah. those going as well. Yeah, like I, I looked into like natural medicines and, you know, mm. your anti-inflammatory foods and things that I could incorporate more into my diet to really kind of help and try to try to avoid the, you know, the heavy drinking and the partying. And, Mm. you know, I'm in my twenties, right. And I'm trying to, I'm probably 25, 26 by this point, I'm trying to figure that out. And I did definitely kind of, I'm not going to go out because I know I'm going to be feeling Mm -hmm. crap the next week. Um, But yeah, I tried to incorporate as much of that into my daily life as I could. Um, But I then decided I didn't want to become immune to Mercaptopurine, which was the heavier tablet that I was being told to take every day um so I just decided to come on a break and I obviously had conversations with my nurse at the hospital and I said like look I don't want to take this anymore I don't want to become immune to it what's your advice and we kind of had a a conversation and she said you know you're never going to fully know if it's the medication that's keeping it at bay or if Mm. you're genuinely better until you come off the meds so I came off the meds and I've been off the meds for two years ish um and it's only probably been the last four or five months where it started flaring up again but again environmental factors I've changed my job I've started a business uh you know all of these things can really exacerbate stress and stress is a massive player in Crohn's so again you're never going to know okay well is it because I come off the meds and Mm. you know the meds aren't doing it or is it because I've just had quite a few changes that have, have happened recently and that's kind of played a factor in it. So, yeah. So moving forward with that, now that you've yeah. say you've had like some recent flare ups, what, what does that mean now? Do you, do you yeah. think about going on the medication or do you think about, right, I need to maybe manage a few, a few things in my life a bit better. What's the, cause I know you're always going to go try and go for the latter if you can. I think it's a mixture of both, to be honest. I think you definitely want to avoid stressful situations and try and keep things as calm as possible. Mm. Um, but that's life. Life's life. Life, 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 life is stress. Life, yeah. is a, life is a life. Yeah, you can't you can't control those factors. And and you know who am I to say? Oh, I've got Crohn's, so I can't ever get stressed. Like stress affects everyone in different mm. ways. Um, it it gives people anxiety and hair lot it can really Mm. affect people in different ways so um you know just because I've got Crohn's doesn't mean that I'm never going to experience stress again it's just really about managing your condition um they've asked for some stool samples I'm going in for a MRI in July actually um at the hospital so I guess then they'll see okay well you've not had an MRI for a long time I've only had one done that'd be quite interesting to see the difference yeah 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 it will again it fills me with dread because I mean no one I hate hospitals anyway Mm. right like who likes a hospital they smell funny they give me the EBGBs and I just I'm not a fan um so to go into a machine now and I've obviously not even allowed anyone with me and Mm. also nervous about the results of that it I think it it's made me so much more health anxious ever since being diagnosed with it massively and also very grateful just to be like, okay, but I've had no surgery and I'm actually mm-hmm. very lucky in comparison to other people that have been diagnosed with it. You know what I mean? What does this surgery entail then? To, to say someone that's got more of a severe uh, issue with it. 
Yeah. Um, so they would have, I mean, I don't know the details of it again, because I don't really fancy reading up on it too okay, much. Fair enough. It could be something that maybe one day happens to me, touch wood, it doesn't, but it's basically, a, a, I think it's called a colostomy bag mm. that gets put in. And I think. Oh yeah, I know what about, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's basically like maybe TMI for some people, but you just basically poo and in the bag. Mm. I guess I don't I don't know the details about it I really don't um but again that can be inverted or outverted I know that and I think that means you can have it put in your body the bag so it's not seen or you can have it outside of the body and again I think often people have it outside of the body because it comes with quite a lot of complications by having it in your body as you can imagine so there's a whole other yeah like every Mm. single thing that's part of someone's journey with Crohn's or ulcerative colitis. I feel like there's a there's pros and cons to every single scenario that is a whole other ball game that you need to weigh up. Like, you know, if colostomy bag's going to save your life, then that's what you need to do. But, oh, but by the way, it could be bad. Like, yeah, there's, you, yeah. You know, there's just there's something for everything. Yeah, yeah. So so when, when have you got this next one booked in? July. 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 Okay, yeah, that'd be quite interesting to obviously see how yeah. that goes because obviously the last time you had one was so long ago and hopefully, obviously, it comes back with the results yeah. that you obviously want to see. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had flare-ups and I was hospitalised, I don't know when it was, six, eight weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and I had a flare then, so I definitely know something's going on. But again, was that stress or was that because I... There's you know, so many factors head, so. there, isn't there? Yeah within your lifestyle yeah it's such a broad spectrum isn't it so let's go back a little bit how Mm -hmm. did that affect you say at uni how did like or did you i suppose you didn't know what it was then did you yeah so i found diagnosed of it on my final year of uni yeah um and again if i'm looking at environmental factors Mm. my mum and dad were going through a divorce that year so i'm like did it heighten the Crohn's because that mm. was quite a stressful thing for the family? Was that a contributing factor? I would probably say so. Um, but I'm also in my final year of uni and there's a lot of partying, you know, there's a lot mm. of work to be done, you know, again, um, what you need in to go terms to? of Brighton. Brighton, nice. Where did you go? I didn't go to uni. Come on, this is me. All right, mate. <laughs> I thought you would have gone to Southampton. <laughs> Southampton? Nah, nah, not my thing. Anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, in terms of feelings, I mean, I didn't know what I had. So again, yeah. um, I just, I specifically remember one thing, right? So, you know, I did music at uni. We well, might mm. not know, but I did music at uni. Um, and I I've was got a nice uni. clip of her singing before the uh, oh, yeah. podcast starts. By the way, singing to, my, singing to his dog as well. <laughs> um, yeah, but I was going for so I went for an audition right to be part of this like four part vocal harmony group right, and they were signed by a label and they were looking for a fourth member, and I was like, honey, honey. <laughs> so I went to went to like a few. Um, went to a few auditions and I got through the rounds. I've gone to London, I've gone to Brighton, back to London for the third one. And then the fourth audition was back in Brighton because that's where they were based. And obviously I was living in Brighton at the time. So I was so excited about it, but super nervous about it. Mm. Um, and it was on a Saturday morning. And I remember Friday night, 
I was ill the whole evening. I'd been to hospital because um, my friend took me and I was just violently ill, but I had no clue yeah. as to what it was. Um, and I remember ringing them up and I could just tell by the tone of their voice. They just thought I was this person that just wasn't showing up because mm. you know, I didn't I couldn't say, oh, guys, I'm really sorry. I've got Crohn's. So last night I had a flare mm. for people to be more understanding of it. I think people yeah. were just like, oh, she's a no show. She doesn't yeah. care. She's not committed. And it was so frustrating because I wanted that so bad and I would have done anything to have been there. And I was like, you know, please, I, I can maybe come later on tonight. Like I was so prepared to just drag my ass out of bed mm. and sing to try and get through it. But from their standpoint, I was this 24 year old girl that yeah. just probably uni, seemed, yeah. yeah, uni Brighton night yeah. out. She's been on the, she's been on the razzle night and she's just doing a no show. So it was really frustrating. So it was kind of a sense of relief when I finally got a diagnosis. Cause I could actually say to people, you know, when mm. I was ill, for people to be a bit more understanding of it. But even back then, I felt like nobody knew what Crohn's was, including myself. No one knew what it was. No one. I think the only celebrity I knew that had it at the time, do you remember, um, did you, do you watch Big Brother? I can't imagine you watching Big Brother. Nah, nah. Nah, nah, nah. I like the old stuff I used to back in the day. Yeah, so Sam Fares, Sam Fares from TOWIE, she was in it years yeah, ago. Yeah, I know you're on about, I used to watch... Um... Tally back in the day oh did you back in the day i watched big brother but you watched <laughs> yeah. um yeah she was on she was on big brother and i remember she got taken out the house because she was really unwell and then it all got like plastered across the papers really? that she actually found out she had crohn's disease wow. and i was like finally like a girl my age because i knew no one that had it so I yeah. it. nobody knew what it was and it's not a glamorous combo to bring up like you know to the people you're dating like oh yeah yeah Sick. I'm going to pull in a pot and deliver it through the letterbox. Like, <laughs> honestly. Can you drop this off for me, <laughs> Too glam we... to give a damn normally, but no, no, there's no glam going on there. But now we have Sean. Here, drop here, drop off your poo wherever you, wherever you need. Oh, uh, honestly, but even that, James, the first time, he was mortified. <laughs> mortified. Honestly, was he just like, oh, my God. Okay, nah, I can imagine Sean being a very understanding oh no yeah he was understanding but I was like <laughs> when I had to poo because obviously I've not from the time I've met Sean I've been well it's yeah. only recently I've become unwell so oh, he's okay. never seen me in hospital he's never seen me have a flare or like well, actually it's quite a scary experience for him isn't it actually because it's like he understands that you have yeah. Crohn's but he hasn't seen the flare-ups and it's like oh my god he's probably yeah what is really this? worried yeah, I don't. Well, hopefully, yeah. probably not. No, no. Three hours <laughs> football, the dog. Yeah, Bosh. exactly, exactly. <laughs> He's probably got you lot around when I'm in hospital. Um, yeah, no, I think he was. I mean, he doesn't like the hospitals anyway, and he gets really worried if any family or friend of his gets slightly unwell, mm. um, based on his past experiences. But yeah, I think he was quite anxious to see me like that, and I don't think it was very nice. And again, he wasn't able to stay at the hospital with me either. He had to go um and come home but yeah it was him kind of getting used to it and i forgot what we were saying now i don't know as well it's gone what were we saying about shawnee oh, oh the poo. Like, yeah yeah, yeah. So i had um oh the poo um you're gonna have to edit that out <laughs> <laughs> um 
so yeah I was starting to flare up and then they started um sending stool samples through and he was like obviously what's this he's never seen any of this before um and then I remember I'd forgotten to drop it off at the doctor's and I'd gone to work and it needed to be dropped off at the doctor's today and I was like babe I'm so sorry but my poo is on the side can you get it and he was like are you joking it's on the window sill. Like, yeah he's so he's so not one of those guys that you could sit down and be like oh god I really like sore tummy about the poo like yeah. he's he's so grossed out by stuff like that is he? I do it to wind him up more than anything because I Good. find it hilarious yeah. um I was like, oh, can you pick it up and drop it off? Don't worry, it's in an envelope. He was like, well, who who on earth do I give it to? And I said, oh, no, you just post it through the letterbox. He's like, I post your poo through the doctor's that Like, he genuinely thought it was some sort of prank. Jo- but yeah. that is the reality. Like, you're literally dropping your poo through someone's letterbox. Wow. Wow, Sean. Yeah. Welcome welcome to Elise's welcome world, to, mate. Welcome to my world. He's probably going to sign out soon. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for this life. <laughs> so... It only affects you then if you have a flare up. Apart from that, day to day is good. Yeah, I'm quite lucky. Ah, so and yeah. you'd say so if, as you. I imagine you've obviously spoke to people now that have had it because you've got the beautiful realm of social media. Yeah. And so, so do some people have daily issues with it then? Yeah, chronic. Really. Um. Yeah, and I, I mean. I did a YouTube video not too long ago speaking about it. And I'd said on there that it's very easy for me to say, like, don't let it affect your life. Like, don't travel, don't not go to Thailand or Bali, places where you're kind of renowned for getting some sort of dodgy stomach. Don't not go to those places because you have a condition. However, it's probably very easy for me to sit here and say that because I'm not affected by it every day. Mm. Um, Whereas someone that's in hospital with it a lot more you know they're in a hospital bed and unable to so yeah I, I know people younger than me that have had surgery um mm. which is heartbreaking mm. it's heartbreaking but again my friend's brother he has ulcerative colitis he's had the op had the bag but he's like full-on dj embracing it just still doing Good. you know yeah and still doing what he wants to do so that's what, i mean I, I definitely think it could it could impact your life if you let it if you're well enough, you know, they're not. Um, I guess it depends on person to person. So if you and if you have a flare up, that does that always mean you have to go to the hospital, essentially? I mean, there's been probably one flare up that I've had that I've not been sick. So I've I've and the pain hasn't been excruciating where I've been able to manage it with some cocodamol and buscapan and a heat pack and a dark room and no noise <laughs> but um it's it's that bad honestly when i explain it like i've never obviously had a child mm. but if labor is a scratch on that i'm out like i'm <laughs> i'm i'm all right i'm okay you got your dog yeah i would because i wouldn't wish that pain on my worst enemy mm. and there's a few people that i would be like oh i consider <laughs> You can get, have a little taster for a few <laughs> seconds. But honestly, it's it's excruciating. And again, that's probably different for person to person because I know people that have had flares that are in hospital for weeks and weeks and weeks after. Mm. Whereas I'm like my last flare up, I released myself the next day and they were like, are you, are you sure you want to release yourself? I'm like, I've got somewhere to be. I'm like, there's nothing you're going to do other than, you know, give me oral morphine or inject a little bit more buscopan or morphine in. Um, 
And once you've kind of got some sleep and it's worn off, it's worn off. It's just kind of a waiting game for the next one, which is kind of where I'm at at the moment. I'm not taking any medication because I'm waiting on tests, but mm -hmm. a flare up could happen at any point. And again, it, you know, you're in hospital, like you're written off for one or two days. And it's not just after the hospital release, your, your stomach is so sensitive because mm. you've got nothing left in there. What's coming up is like just bile now. Um, and it's just, it's painful. So you're not really able to walk around for a few days. So for my job now, yeah. I'm kind of off grid for those for your that new period, career ideal. new career new booming career so, so Elise um took the big leap from a cushy job you say cushy job to go and self-employed uh dog walker hey eh? yeah have you noticed old. that your life's got better since that's changed I know going self-employed is a different stress in itself but then definitely if you if you moved from somewhere that you potentially didn't want to be I can imagine that could be a stress anyway, you know, like the whole hate, not one's going like yeah. hating when Sundays come around, cause, you know, you've got work the next yeah. day. Have you found that now you can actually manage your lifestyle a lot better? Yeah, definitely. I, I think I've got a lot more control over it. And also I've got clients that are really understanding and I have had a flair since being self-employed. And mm -hmm. I just, again, you have that fear that overwhelms you where you're like, Oh God, they're going to think, I'm yeah. just, you know, kind of, I'm lying about it. Um, I've just kind, kind of come to accept that it is something I've got for life. I have to deal with mm. it. People either understand it or they don't. They can mm. either be empathetic towards it. Mm. Um, but, you yeah, know, I, I hated my previous job for, for many years. I loved it. And then it got to the point where I was just really not in, what's he doing? Nothing. No, I was just sorry, guys. Just looking at the dog. <laughs> I hear I heard um, his collar go. <laughs> um. Yeah. For for a long time, I didn't like it, and I think it that definitely probably started to play a factor on again my mood. Yeah, um, of course. But I, I wouldn't necessarily say my Crohn's, but I would. Yeah, definitely, it's affected my mood. I feel so much better for being more open about it. Yeah. 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 And I've never, like, I've never spoke about it. I mean, obviously on my, on my YouTube, I've not had YouTube for long, but just speaking about it on there, I've had so many people message me, like, didn't know you had it. My dad's got it. Didn't know you had it. My sister's got it. Like mm. it's, I think it's becoming more known about and spoken about now. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, did you know what Crohn's was five years ago? No. Of All of a sudden it's just being more spoken about. I, and I don't know why. I mean, maybe people are just more coming out the woodwork of it, or maybe they're just actually diagnosing more people with it. Now they know what it is. Like yeah, they're probably, they're probably um, quicker at finding what it is. I imagine because obviously technology yeah. and the medical science world is progressing all the time for the better as well. Do you always. personal train anyone James with Crohn's or ulcerative colitis or no. anything like that? No, no nothing like that. The only sort of say there, I say that they're quite similar, but well, no, no, I suppose they're not because that uh, someone with limes and someone with fibromyalgia. But I was only thinking similar because of the fatigue that they suffer yeah. with, and yeah. that that. But like you said, you only feel it when you have flare-ups, don't you? Whereas these guys every suffer day. with that sort of stuff every day, so it's just a bit different. Yeah. So yeah, so no, nothing of Crohn's. Not that I know yeah. of. So, well, yeah. yeah, maybe they don't know yeah well thing. hopefully I if they listen to this cool. episode yeah they know they'll know they know dr release dr release do not call me. 
So I'm at not least, the medical professional. So at least um, does vlogs. Where, if people wanted to watch a vlog or contact you or whatever, where would they go for that? What would um, they you, find? YouTube.com. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Have there's a little nothing, look. There's nothing else. Um, no. Like, what do you mean? I didn't like, know if it was a name. I, I don't know there. if your vlog stuff would be a name, I suppose, but it's just Elise McCullough. No, it's it? just all under my name. Yeah. You can have a little nose around my house if you fancy it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because you and Sean offer, like, these little things out, don't you? Like, little handy yeah. bits yeah, of advice. Yeah, to be honest, it's something we're wanting to do more of, the house, yeah. the house-orientated theme stuff. But, yeah, I do I do like vlogs. I have, like, a lifestyle channel on YouTube. So many people will be like, <laughs> but I I absolutely love it because I watch other Public people. figure. Well, <laughs> let's not let's not jump ahead there um influencer um yeah no i i absolutely love it i for me youtube for me was kind of like oh okay i can set the camera aside and i can whack on a bit of filming and i've got like amazing memories forever and mm. but the it's, it's the editing side that i love like when i can get proper play oh do you not like editing because obviously i you do edit and your- i don't yeah oh, I, I love do. it james i do and i don't really yeah it depends on what it is. Yeah. So it's I something guess... I'd rather outsource because I know that it's not my profession. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas yeah, actually no, you, you, yeah. Go on anyway, yeah. sorry. I think it's more the creative, yeah, I think it's just more the creative side. So I just, I, I enjoy editing. I've always liked photography. I've always liked film, um, cinematography I love. So mm. yeah, I just, I think if I can do a little bit of that on the side for a bit of fun and be paid for it, why yeah. wouldn't I? What so. do you get? Because I know, do you get anything for free yet? Are you one of the, are, you, are you a trial and error kind of person? I get a lot of things offered to send to me. I don't take everything. Mm. Um, yeah, I get various various things. What's Some the weirdest thing that? What's the weirdest thing? Go on. Um, a couch fluffer. What's that? Exactly. Um, I think it's like a a thing that you like roll over the couch and then it just yeah. gets rid of like fluff <laughs> I, I i don't know because i didn't look at i didn't even i didn't even read i know that sounds really awful i didn't even look at the link product as soon as they said couch defluffer i was like probably mm. not for me but thank you very much what do they um what do they want from that do they want you to review it or do they want you to put it on your socials what how do they want it yeah most of them are like can you they take the mick really because i'm i'm mm. so small in terms of a channel i'm absolutely tiny um but they seem to be reaching out more to smaller influencers because they can take the mick out of them so like you will will you review this item it will take you my my filming and editing and then uploading to youtube creating a thumbnail for youtube then doing all my description my tags so it comes up in seo right all of that stuff probably is like a 10 hour job for one video mm-hmm. But yet they just want to send me a couch fluffer that's worth ten pounds, and I'm like, "You yeah, juice no. ain't worth a squeeze, hun." Yeah, honey, I need lemons to make lemonade. You know, it's not. <laughs> let's not go down that route. So yeah, I, I've said I've said no to a lot of things. I'm very very grateful and quite shocked that actually people even find my channel and reach out. Mm. Um, we were contacted by the Sun not too long ago to do an interview. Me and Sean. So nice. Sean was all like sweaty nervous like what, what does this mean what does this mean but I think it's just our, our house content and I think that's the kind of stuff we enjoy doing more because we're a little bit less cringed out by it 
um, because it's general advice and kind of an experience that we've gone through, obviously buying our first home. But yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, if I ever got pregnant or got married, I'd film that. If I if I had a baby, I'd put the camera on the side of the hospital and film it all day. I'd put it on my YouTube. Yeah, I'm that I'm that person. I am an open book. I was going to say, nice and private. <laughs> yeah, nice and quiet. What does Sean offer when he does the vlogs? What does he talk about? Nothing. Nothing. So he offers nothing. Sean offers nothing. Sean offers nothing. I say to him, like, no, he's he's gotten much better. I think for him, I thought he'd be the whiz kid. YouTube channel. He didn't create a YouTube channel though, so that's like me coming around your house and then just I'm vlogging for the day. You guys invite us around for a barbecue and I'm just there with the camera. You'll be like, I don't want to go on YouTube. Like, yeah, yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't just shove it yeah. in people's faces that, um, yeah. you know yeah we've well gone off on a tangent here oh, no i know who cares though so what? Cares? anyway so <laughs> if you want to watch elise mcculloch and you go into youtube.com search me name mate um <laughs> thank you for obviously coming on today and letting mm. uh people understand it a bit more especially myself because i was definitely i understood it to a degree um but what you've given me an insight into has helped me understand it yeah. a lot more yeah Thank you very much for having me on. I hope it's helped somebody. I mean, we've kind of probably gone off on tangent on some of our points, but um, hopefully someone's listening to this. Yeah, and hopefully someone can was, but potentially relate yeah, and be like, oh, maybe that's what I have. And then, do you know what? If that person goes and seeks the correct help, yeah. then we've done our job. Yeah, if something doesn't feel right, go get it checked. Go get it checked. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Elise. Yeah. Thank you, James. No worries. Farewell. Bye. <laughs>